Glory, glory, hallelujah. Mm, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know what that means, right? <laughs> Welcome to the Boxing One Podcast. This is the homie, Jay Rich, here with the homie C. Last. What up, Chris Lassner? Ah, uh, man, I'm chilling. What's good with you, Jay Rich? I imagine you know you're that, doing you, quite well. You know what that intro was, right? No, what is that intro? Good old Georgia football, man. That's our fight song. You didn't know that? Why would I know that? I live in Virginia, B. <laughs> Listen, guys, episode number 51. This is officially the who episode. Who, who are we talking about? Dick Butkus. He got to be. He is the greatest 51 of all times. He has a defensive player year award named after him in college football. And guess who won it this year? The homie, Roquan Smith, a.k.a. the assassin on defense, the linebacker who basically won the Rose Bowl for us this year and got us to the national championship game. Shout out to Roquan Smith. I'm so amped right now, man. I can't even come down off this high. We won the doggone Rose Bowl. We beat Oklahoma and the doggone prideful. Baker Mayfield. How about my how, how about my defensive lineman after the game though? Like telling him to be humble. That was the he hit great... him with that Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> humble yourself. Be humble. <laughs> Sit him with That's it. A but we got to talk first Peter five six. Yes sir. Yes sir. <laughs> got to talk about this game though, man. Right quick, right. Both games. I mean, I watched Bruh. the second one a little bit, but the nah, first we one was about a the second classic. game a bit. The second, the second game gets no – it doesn't get a second of time on this podcast Man. other than to say it determine who's playing Georgia. But jo- uh, Georgia, Oklahoma, ooh. bro. Yeah, and your boy played what? a tremendous second half. I was – I was I hadn't watched them a ton this year. I was like, ah, maybe a little overrated from what I've seen in the first half. But the second half definitely made me a believer. And Georgia's coach coached an amazing football game. I mean, down to the timeout management – everything like he coached a nearly flawless game it so. was a tale of two halves even to end the first half i felt like there was a little bit of momentum after that squib kick and then hitting that 55 yarder with my man hot rod with the glasses the goggles <laughs> on man the homie the homie so he hit that that film goal and i felt like we had a little bit of a swing even though we were down two touchdowns i was like hmm we might be okay if we get a stop coming out of the locker room, right? And bro, yeah. the second half was ridiculous, man. I was I was on 10 in my house. You hear me? My wife was like, I gotta move away from you right now because this is just re- getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, my man, you sent me a picture of you standing up in front of the TV. I say, like, what is that helping? He, he sent me a text that said, my team needs me right now. I was like, need you for what? Bro, you know how, fan, you know how we get, man. You know how we get when, said, when they get oh, a little dicey. They, they need a little bit. They need me to be on their side, man. That's how we roll. Said, so listen, I gotta give a shout like out to a couple. great sermon. I gotta give a shout out to a couple of players, man. One is Jake Fromm, the freshman coming in to the Rose Bowl with ice water in his veins and just dominating in the second half. Like he really turned that game around. Yes, we had some great running backs, but especially that last drive, he had a couple of clutch throws that I was just like, man, this is our quarterback of the future, which basically means that my man Jacob Eason is going to be leaving town, I'm pretty sure. 
Pretty JMU sure. is a wonderful school, and you don't have to sit out a year. <laughs> Nobody's coming to James Madison. I'm sorry. He might go transfer and sit out for Georgia Tech's quarterback came, Vlad Lee, yeah. two years ago. You're right. And, uh, and my man, well, you know what? My man Lambert transferred from Virginia to Georgia, and he was a bum, straight-up bum. Yeah. It works better when y'all send them to us. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and then the other shout out, man, is to the two headed monster at running back. Man, those dudes, Boy. they're ridiculous, man. I'm going to miss them. Like, I'm so glad they came back for their senior year, though, because they get to experience this, the national championship game. And I'm just really excited for them and for Roquan Smith and for the guys who kind of stuck around after Mark Rick left to to finish out their careers at Georgia. And this is just a defining season for them all. So shout out to the Quick dogs, question for man. you. What's up, bro? Rick, if Rick is the coach, does this happen? No. From timeout management to making calls on fourth downs to punt and trusting your defense to stop Baker Mayfield, I'm pretty sure one of those would have gone another way. I don't know what it is, man. Like for the past decade or so, there's always been that one Mark Rick moment that you're just not sure about. Love him as a coach, okay? I think he develops players better than any coach. I was actually sad to see him go. Not too sure about Kirby Smart, but now, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. It's his second year, and they're in the national championship. Playing against – That's a leadership study, right? It really is. Like, because Rick was lovable. Like, he has a lot about his character. Yeah. But there was some calls, Oklahoma, I said, man, you're trying to be a running team now. You're not a running team. You're being conservative when you have the craziest quarterback in the history of college football, not named Manziel, um, mm. running around the field making plays. And you took all of that out of his hand. Like, you froze up at the moment where um, yeah. there was just never a moment when I felt like for Kirby, the moment was too big for him to coach. Like, yeah, he, was, he was on top of his timeouts, his time management. He just coached a nearly flawless game, as did Saban in the second game. Yeah, but that doesn't even it wasn't a great game. ACC's out of it now. Yeah, uh, we won't even talk about that. So, <laughs> But hey, just, you know, case in point, you know, when Miami played Pittsburgh this year, right, they went up there. His quarterback did something stupid in the fourth quarter. They were down by like six or so. And Mark Rick snatches him to teach him a lesson and that they go four and out with some random dude who came in um, and it did not work out for him. So just things like that. It's just kind of like, yeah, I love Rick, but I'm not sure if he would have made it through that game in Pasadena. So shout out to the dogs, homie. Yeah, man. I think I think I sent you the Fred Sanford. Um, I'm coming to join you, <laughs> man. In the middle of that heart, the heart that game was heart palpitations Woo! the entire game, man. It was it was a classic. I got people who don't even watch SEC football or Georgia saying that that was an instant classic. People, my friends just text me. That's me, man. I'm not a huge yeah. SEC football fan. Yeah. But they made me a believer yesterday, so this is definitely not a down year when they're, for the first time in the four years that they've had it, both teams are from the same conference, and they were ranked three and four and beat one and two. So, mm. as, I mean, you have to take your hats off to them at this point. So Yeah. So that was a real battle, man. Speaking of battles. All right, so cool. I've just been – uh, sending you some stuff over the past week saying, hey, um, we got to catch up on this. Because, I mean, it's been the holidays. We don't, like, the text thread slows down. We're with family, some stuff. But I was like, hey, don't forget, when we get back, we want to talk about 
um, a hip hop battle and we both are hip hop fans, but that's not the reason we actually wanted to talk about this battle. There was something um, significant about the B-Dot versus Loso battle that had the whole culture talking. And what it is is Loso, um, if you're not familiar, it used to be a rapper named Los who used to be part of a group um, with KB called His Glory Alone, HGA. And then um, B-Dot is um, into comedic science. He's a, I guess what you call a chemist or um, that's the branch of Scientology or African spirituality mm. where that comes from. And so um, a lot of the times you will hear rappers and they'll just kind of try to make fun of uh, Los for being a rapper. But uh, this was a battle where Los was specifically defending his Christian beliefs mm. and um, B-Dot was specifically attacking them and saying, um, trying to discredit the Bible and not like, I don't believe it, but trying to like credibly intellectually discredit the authority of scripture. And what I thought was so amazing was um, Loso is just really good at his craft. I think the video has about 165,000 views. Um, at this point, it came out on Christmas. So it's only been out for a little over a week and it's, um, just kind of gone viral. Everyone in hip hop culture's been talking about it as an instant classic, kind of like the football game. I saw a tweet, I think I sent you that said this was definitely a top three battle of 2017. Somebody said this was the best uh, rap battle ever. So high praise for the video, but big picture it is. Um, I think Loso just provides us a good template or blueprint of what it looks like to engage like in hostile territory, which is something that I feel like uh, Christians tend not to do. We tend to be uh, flamencos. We like to put our heads in the sand, right? And just kind of sometimes huddle up together, uh, but not go out and engage where we know it's going to be hostile. And um, he was just excellent at his craft. So people had to take his craft seriously. Once they knew they could take his craft seriously, they were willing to lend the ear to what he was saying. So he was good at his craft and he was knowledgeable in the scriptures. And that gave him an open door to enter into a place where it's hostile and have people consider the gospel. And so I thought that was just an incredible thing. So, so yeah, this has been like a historical development though, in terms of uh, apologetics or sharing faith in the public square, because I mean, if you think back to the earliest, early 20th century, when, you know, liberal theologians are coming around. The Scopes trial was was coming around. We we started to circle the wagons in terms of Christians and created what was eventually deemed or dubbed the moral majority, um, and decided that we were going to kind of enter our own spaces and create conversations. And it's really played itself out uh, in our culture to where. As you mentioned, like we have this ostrich syndrome or, you know, this group gathering flamingo syndrome where we are more comfortable around one another than we are around non-Christians. When <laughs> Jesus expressly says that we should let our light shine before others um, so that they could see our good works and give glory to God who is in heaven. So, so it's just interesting to see how people shy away from these conversations. But then on the other side, we see this thing already has 170,000 views and 
even secular folks were saying this was one of the best battles of all time. And they got theology in the middle of it, like a defense of the Christian faith. Like it wasn't somebody who was getting who getting slaughtered by one of these comedic folks because they will slaughter a Christian who doesn't know <laughs> their Bible or know um, some of the textual history on, on the biblical text. But for somebody who was winsome and someone who's a wordsmith, uh, it was something that that did well for for Christendom and Christendom overall. So uh, grateful for him and his witness being able to do that in that space. I can't go into dark bars now and do any bars. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I don't word. I'm not a wordsmith like that. But I'm grateful for people like that who do who do that. And him, street hymns, uh, some of those other guys just kind of just do it, man. Backpack rappers uh, making it happen. Yeah. Um. I remember just doing a study on this and just talking about like where Christians have retreated from the marketplace and they were just saying like, here's how you can tell. And it was saying there used to be a time when a tragedy would happen in America. They would ask like the pastor to come on the news and talk about like, why, what, what is this tragedy? It says now they will like the pastor has been replaced with the psychologist on the news and they say, like if the pastor, if you want to do something, hey, what if you just can help us provide comfort to hurting people? And so what they've kind of said is like, hey, you don't have any intellectual credibility in the marketplace. So we don't need you on the news telling us what you think. But um, we still kind of recognize your role as someone who could help provide comfort in this situation. So, right. And you can't but you can't help us make sense of this, of everything. Exactly. That's crazy. So, I mean, retreating has consequences. Yeah, absolutely does. So shout out to the homie Loso for doing his thing in the rap battle against the, the dude B dot. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. When I heard it the first time, I was like, thought you were talking about the NBA impersonator. But you know how I do. I'm all about the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Loso is a Knicks fan, so he hasn't had much to cheer about in that realm. But oh. he definitely got some cheers at the battle rap thing. Oh, so. terrible, terrible. Uh, Jay Rich, when we look through scriptures, this being the New Year's. Uh, we start to think about time a lot and how we spend our time, uh, goal setting, resolutions, etc. I think there's two doctrines at least that kind of come to mind when we think about time. Um, the first is that just God places us in time specifically. We look at Esther where it says, for such a time as this, Acts 13, 36, David fulfilled his purpose in his generation. Or um, Paul when he's preaching in Acts 17 and he says like, God, ordained where you would live, when you would live there in order that you may seek him, although he's not hard to find. The flip side, as we look at the psalmist in Psalm 90, verse 12, who tells us, teach us um, to order our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And uh, one of the things I appreciate about you that I've definitely tried to emulate some, and even it's had a big impact on our family, is um, just kind of how you plan out time in order to grow intentionally. So at the beginning of the year, I know that's kind of your time to kind of block out pieces of time and figure out what you're going to do in 2018. Tell us a little bit about what you're planning this year, including being the professor, and um, just tell us your approach to that. Oh, man. So I, I, really, um, I really do enjoy planning my year. And uh, one of the beautiful things about about my job is I get a week and a half off at the end of the year to kind of do that, to think through doing that. 
And I used to think, man, some people are just wired this way where they can they can plan. And I'm probably one of those people who are wired that who's wired that way. But I've seen people who are more vision people take that time to be able to do to do that. So I'm not gonna make the excuse and say that nobody's wired to do this or everybody's not wired to do this because I think this is something that is should be commendable for everybody. Um, so one of the things I'm doing this year is I am teaching a course on Mark's gospel. I've been sitting on this for probably about a year and some change. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And part of it was just trying to figure out um, how to go about launching it and all this other stuff. Like I'm not a big marketing guy. Like I just want to be able to help people. Um, so so we talked about it and I was like, hey, how about I just give away a lot of the proceeds from the course and go go about it that way and actually just build the course. I'm just going to build it and we'll figure it out, everything else out later. So did that and um, also doing 52 books again this year as a PhD student now. That's going to be pretty simple <laughs> to do that. Um, but I have systems and I think that's very important whenever you, uh, make plans and whenever you, uh, have goals for each year, I think a lot of people make goals and here's the thing, the, the start is always fun, but it's messy in the middle, right? And that's where a lot of people kind of fall off or kind of get distracted. And I'm a, you know, I love the Proverbs. I'm reading through a Proverbs plan with my wife this year as well. And, you know, Proverbs 16 kind of covers a lot of this. Hey, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So it starts with prayer. It starts with committing all of my goals, all of my plans to God and allowing him to do what he needs to do to shift them. So I'm not really too stringent in what I do, um, but I try to make sure I set goals so that I know what I'm looking at for the for the entire year. So um I put all of them in Evernote, which is a database that I use as kind of my digital brain. Um, took that from Michael Hyatt and put every one of my goals in there. So I have close to 11 or 12 this year and uh, I track them uh, each week, every day. Some people make goals and don't track them. I think it's, it's good for you to go in and track them. So you got to have something, either write them on paper or write them out digitally but make sure you write down your goals and track them and revisit them if you need to even amend them. Um, so I do have a very systematic way about um, going about setting goals. I can give people a couple of blog posts that I've written about it, about how you go about doing that. But I'm really excited about uh, this year. I have a lot on the plate, but I also have kind of everything structured in place to be able to do that without taking away time from family and without taking away time from the stuff that I usually need to do, which a lot of people kind of get locked in on some of these goals and do that. So, so that's kind of a broad overview. I just enjoy feeling like I'm using my time wisely and being a good steward. Oh, we didn't, we kind of go through a little bit of the show notes right before we start, but I'm gonna just put you on the spot. Two or three tips, somebody who says, all right, I set some goals this year and i like I've, I've set the goals every year but they i never see them through um you gave us one good tip about how important it is to write them and review them can you give me two maybe two more points things that'll help you see it through especially when it gets messy in the middle i would say uh share your goals with someone who can hold you accountable so one of the things that um 
that I did even at the end of last year, I, I uh, recruited you and a couple of other guys to read through uh, and memorize Book of Philemon with me, which was intentional because I wanted other people to know that I was doing it. But I didn't want to don't share it publicly, like find a couple of uh, two to three folks. This is one of those mountain experience with Jesus, right? You don't need the 12 disciples. You need just need three, two to three people to share those goals with so that they can help to keep you accountable and to keep things rolling for you. I think that I feel like that's been helpful for me in setting goals. And, you know, obviously my wife is kind of the main person who knows what I'm doing over the year. I just don't, at some point, like I used to share them publicly, but now I just make sure that I share them with people who I am more intimately connected with. And that's been way more helpful for me. That's um, dope. And then the other thing would be uh, Michael Hyatt has a system called Smarter Goals. He uses the Smart Goal system, but he also adds a couple of other letters to them that allow you to um, think through them a, a little bit more strategically. I think one of the ones that I really like is that he said, make sure your goals are risky. A lot of people are safe with their goals, um, but I would set some risky goals. Uh, this course is a risky goal for me. Like I, I took a risk in launching it, but I knew that I needed to do it. So sometimes risky goals are more adventurous for you. So I would say do something that's risky this year. Um, try to set something. No risk, risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. Man, I love <laughs> goals. Man, I could talk about them all day, but I know, um, you know, people are really interested in the topic. So certainly check out some of the blog posts that we'll link to in the show notes. And hopefully this year is the year that you finish finish strong yeah i think i think time and money are the two things that um if you don't tell them where to go they'll leave i think is how dave ramsey used to say it and i think it's true for your money but i think it's even more important for time because you never get it back one of the greatest commodities hey bro him i got a question for you Yo, go for it all right so you put you put together a little reading list with your wife this year right yep all well, right she so... put together her reading list i'm working on mine are you are you mooching off of hers or are you doing your own thing? I do my own thing, but like the marriage books will read together. <laughs> like uh, oh, got it. Hortons. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That one's coming book. out soon, right? End of January? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do Shout that out one to together. D. Shout out to DA and his wife. So uh, anything else that Alicia? You, you would commend to our listeners in terms of what you may have read lately or something you may be looking forward to reading? Right now, I am reading uh, Jerome Gay Jr.'s book, Renewal, uh, which is like a sermon to book series from the Book of Ruth. So I think it's like his collections of sermons written out. And that's been super fun to dig in. Shout out to my wife. She got me that for Christmas. My mother-in-law actually uh, picked it up for me for Christmas. But I think it was my wife's suggestion that that should be in my stocking. So um, that was very cool. And I'm reading a book on Steph Curry's faith, which is a, a good book, too. It's super light read, not dense theologically at all, um, but just kind of neat. Um, just something. It was just like something that was good to end this year on. Um, but definitely, I would recommend the Jerome Gay book, Renewal. Um, shout out to more and more um, Black Christian pastors for not just having that legacy of being great verbal communicators, but making sure they get pen to paper and uh, leave us with books that it can push us towards Christ. So 
Amen. Thankful for them. Need way more of that. Way more. But grateful for the ones who are laboring doing it. So um, along the lines of goal setting, I would definitely commend Hyatt's new book, uh, Five Steps to Your Best Year Ever, where he kind of walks through his personal system and gives you some anecdotes of people who, who have kind of implemented it. And it kind of lays out some of the stuff that I talked about earlier. So if you're interested in setting goals, obviously this isn't, um, well, he does have some um, Solomon quotes in there from Proverbs and things like that. So it's something that will be helpful for you if you want to set some goals this year. So definitely check that out. No, I don't get any commission on that. Just just letting you know. <laughs> just letting you know. Closing shout outs, homie. Uh, yeah, I got to go with Isaiah Thomas, the best five foot ten or under player to play in the league, I think. I think we can safely say that at this point. And he makes his comeback tonight. So shout out to the little guy, man. I was a little point guard too. And so I always got love for the little guy. Speaking of little point guard, my shout out is going to go to the the old school newspaper photo that I just saw of the homie Silas in some shorts that look like they were for my little sister. Please explain <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I'm not the AD. I didn't order the shorts. I just played in the uniform they had. In Chris, what? Life back then. Basically, Chris's school was kind of feeling themselves. I guess they had a pretty good basketball team, and they were in the paper, and Chris was wearing some some Daisy Dukes is what we called them in the South. So, right. so they, they, was, they was worse than the pitcher because there was a six-foot-seven kid on my team who ended up playing offensive line for NC State, and I say, hey, the newspaper's about to come take a picture of me. I need to borrow your shorts real fast. Those were the six-foot-seven center on our basketball team's shorts. Oh, so you can't even you don't even want to know what my shorts are like. I don't real. even want to know if those were his shorts. That's terrible. Look, uh, Six foot I'm seven a, offensive lineman, bro. I'm going to post this. I'm going to post that picture on the way. No, I'm playing. <laughs> 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 but shout out to the homie, man. He was a baller, man. Baller back in the day. Chris, you know, Chris be a the little bit, fades, man. You know, he'd be he'd be a little bit humble. He'd be getting this Ken, Kendrick Lamar on, but. But see, last was a baller, man. Man, I was a I came off the bench for a Division Three team, man. So make of that what you wanted to. And it wasn't a great Division Three team, but I loved every minute of playing with those guys in college. But you still uh, a rec league. I just loved the game. It gave me a lot back. I'm not a rec league all star. That's you, bro. <laughs> my cle- my my hoops my hoop shoes is hung up. Oh man, episode number fifty one, man. It feels good to be back. I think I feel like I should sing a New Year's day song or something 2018 what's up yeah oh good oh good, good man we here we got michael hyde in the building we are back back in action so look uh make sure you go over to twitter follow us at boxing one podcast check out the facebook group at boxing one podcast and all of the shows are over at boxing one podcast.com check out the website it's awesome if i can say so myself because i built it but um yeah check us out and we certainly will see you guys next go round for episode number 52 probably after the georgia bulldogs are the national champions i called it negro damas all right man that's a tall <laughs> task ahead of them man those saber disciples haven't done well but we'll see what they can come up with for you Whew. all right y'all make sure you're standing up at the end of the game <laughs> grace and peace to you all we'll check you later <laughs>